Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 87 of the Corona Diaries. And it's Christmas bollocks time. It's the Christmas bollocks episode, which means that we're also joined by Chris Neal. Um, bollocks and Chris Neal go together. They go hand in hand. hand. They Absolutely. go hand in hand. We yeah. promised you bollocks, folks. <laughs> um, and bollocks we have for you. Indeed. How are you, Chris? I'll get to age in a minute. I'm good. I, as I said before, I'm still here, um, despite the best efforts of uh, microbiology trying to get rid of me. Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm in fine fettle. A few of the uh, uh, troops, a few of the family have come down uh, with the dreaded COVID. All very mild, I have to say. Mm. Nobody oh, uh, touch wood, nobody seriously ill. But then everyone was jabbed and all that malarkey. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty good. And you've moved rooms since last time. So I'm going to have to ask you, two gold discs on the back wall? What are they? Uh, oh, there's... Hang on. There's a... Oh, uh, the, oh you're going to show us some more now, aren't you? Oh, he's got hundreds. <laughs> he's got hundreds he, of the buggers. He's got hundreds. That, so I'm sh- they're, they're just the ones, you know. Um, just the- I've got the Celine, uh, Sea Lion C- Dion there. Sea Lion um, Dion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a few over Oh, oh I, I can't be asked. Sorry, yeah, I've got a few, yeah. Yeah, he's got, he's got a few, folks. I'm actually now in my office where I've stripped all the recording equipment out. Right. There's absolutely absolutely nothing here except the bare bones, because the theory is if if you come in with a keyboard and a few guitars, and a paper and pen, you write the song. You don't have to program it. You write a song. You know when you get in the studio, you can have hours of fun and do this, that, and the other with it. But basically, if you want to write a song, a basically good song, you need a couple of guitars, a couple of keyboards, pen and paper, and a little tape recorder and that's basically what all i've got i've stripped all the posh uh technical stuff away right and wow. and what happens is i've always been one i hated home recording because as i said before i would never leave the room you know they'd be passing food under the door i would just never leave it so i always thought even if the studio is a mile away i like to get in the car and drive to work uh, i don't want work in my house so um, here it's just songwriting. If we want to record anything or, you know, upgrade anything in, in terms of recording, then I'll go somewhere else. I'll, I'll drive to work. Mm. Right. This is my theory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And H, you're, um, you haven't got a gold disc behind you. No, I'm in a shed, but it's quite a nice one. It's a very nice shed. I'm in a shed in Denmark. Uh, I left my many, many gold discs back in England. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> oh, but I have brought you. a sharpie, and I do intend to draw a few on. All oh, right, right, yeah, good. 
Well, before we get started on the old, because I've got a little bit of a Christmas themed thing that we'll have a crack at. So if it, it might fall flat, it, it, we'll see. It might work. Um, but we've got a few bits of, of housekeeping um, just to pick up on. Firstly, I've got to apologise to Simon Webster and to Justin Beanie. I should think so. Yes, I'm always apologising to someone. Simon Webster asked a question about about your background and family tree and this, that and the other, which we thought we'd answered before. So we stopped it. Anyway, it turned out Simon hadn't asked that question before. Somebody else had asked a similar question. So I need to apologise to Simon because your question hadn't been asked, but essentially we'd answered it because somebody else had asked it. So apologies, Simon, for not realizing that and secondly apologies to justin beanie because i didn't ask a question of justin's and i promised in the november q and a i would ask it in december so justin trust me first question of 2022 will be down to you right i i now feel a little bit a little bit better right okay so h <coughs> oxford how was that then that was a night yes it went extremely well um when i arrived at what, 4.30 in the afternoon and, and sat down at, at the Steinway, I thought I was in terrible, terrible trouble because I couldn't, I could, it, none of it would work, none of it would happen. You know, I couldn't get the chords right. I didn't feel I had much of a voice for it. I'd rehearsed like mad for two solid days at home on on another piano and it was like, it was almost as if the grand piano was, you know, didn't have black and white keys and C's and D's and E's. It had other stuff. Um, and every, everything I tried to do made no sense. So I sat there for about another two hours in the headphones, learned it all again on the Steinway, and um, just trusted me luck and then went on. And it all seemed to flow mm-hmm. and, you know, it s- seemed to sing fairly well. I still didn't have, have much in the way of falsetto. Uh, that's departed. I think that's be- maybe because of the flying and the leaping. Ar- you know, I've just been all over the place. Um, I don't know what's happened to me falsetto, but it's sort of gone. So whenever I tried to, you know, just move in and out of falsetto, it just go eek. Uh, so there's a bit of eking in the gig, um, but they probably think it's passion. Did the so chicken, right. and, did the chicken and sweet corn sandwich not help? You sent me out for mayo, didn't you? Go and get me something well, with mayo in it. Yeah, but well, I I've found in the past when I'm really in trouble that that bread and butter helps better than just about anything. A bit of food and you know, and oil on the way down tends to help more than any of those potions um but i don't think the chicken and sweet corn sandwich quite did it didn't hit the spot um, you did to be fair you did say can you get me bread and butter and i was like well you can't can where you? am i going to get bread and butter from no not in the world on no. a takeaway sort of basis you can't no but um i think it did help to be honest no, okay. i mean no nobody complained about my singing no the the voice opened up a bit and i got most of the notes in the right order. Most I thought it was a great time. night. I thought it was a great night, and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. Um, but it was, it was, it was fairly special. Right. Um. Onto onto bollocks. Um. Yes. What I thought yeah. I'd try. So I, I'm 
There's a lot of sagely nodding. Yeah, a lot of sage nodding. Uh, uh, actually, we set up a quick we set up a quick WhatsApp group tonight just to coordinate things. And I, the picture I used was the crocheted bollocks that the Baroness has produced. Oh, oh yeah. That I think are hanging on a tree at home. They're excellent. They are superb, aren't they? You so. heard the famous. Um, I can't remember who it was now. He was trying to explain bollocks to an American. And it's it's fascinating because this will open your open your mind to the word word bollocks. He was saying bollocks, and the guy the Americans say bollocks. What what the fuck's bollocks? And he said, well, it's your balls, it's your nuts, it's your ball. He went, oh okay. So he said, if it's you know it's bollocks, it's or you can say oh bollocks. It's just the same as an American saying oh balls. And the and the American said, okay, I got it, I got it. And then he thought for a minute and said, hang on, unless you say the bollocks. And if you say the bollocks, that means it's good. And the American says, so, oh, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Bollocks is bad. Yes. But the bollocks is good. Yes. Okay. And then there was another silence. And he said, unless you say the dog's bollocks. Mm. And if you say the dog's bollocks, that means it's really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. At this point, the Americans go, you know what? I just, I won't use it. I just, you know, I'll just avoid it. I'll leave it to you Brits to say, to, you know, to use it in the right context permanently. Well, if, I'd heard that that came from, I don't know if that's true either, but I, I, I'd heard that it, that phrase came from the box deluxe. Um, that you know the box deluxe, really slowly turned into the dog's bollocks. Uh, it was a sort of a spoonerism oh. for the box deluxe. So, so the you know if it was the box deluxe, it was the thing, then then that became the dog's bollocks. But I don't know if that's that's mm. just something I dreamt or that I heard on TV. That is well, true. there's somebody told me an Eastender, London Eastender, told me that there there was a place on the canal. Called Bow Locks, in, ah. in Bow. Yeah, there was, of course. There was a lock in Bow on the canal, and it was Bow Locks. Whether that's got anything to do with it, I'm not, I have no idea. Mm. Did, did somebody just crack the groin on it one day? I hope and it came from there. Yeah, Bow Locks. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> right, I'm going to take the two of you back. Okay, because. I want to take you back to Christmas of a certain time. So I kind of want to take you back to sort of a 70s Christmas. So it's just oh. in colour, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just in colour. Just in colour. So I want to take you back to 70s Christmas. I've got 10 things for you, and they're either alls. So I'm going to give you an either or, and I want to know in your, in your history which one of the two was part of your Christmas. Okay. Yep. You're still with this so far. So I could yeah. have said, I'll give you an example, because I was going to use this one, but I'll give you an example. So, And this is a bit later in time, that's why I didn't use it. But I could have said Trivial Pursuit or Twister, and it would have been an either-or. Right. And right. you would have said, right, for, for our Christmases, it was the. Okay? Yeah. So that's, that would have been your example. Don't need to think about that one. Right. Christmas, Christmas 70s. I think these are pivotal things. Right, okay. First one. First one up. Should be easy. I think I know which way you'll go. Radio times or TV times? Oh, 
TV times in my house. TV times? In the oh. 70s. Oh. We'd, stop listening, we'd stop listening to radio, really, as a family, and then in the 60s. Uh, I remember yeah. as a child, we, we, we listened to radio all together right. in the late, late 50s or something. But uh, I think by the 70s, we were all around the telly. Yeah, but I'm, ta- I'm just talking about the magazine now, the TV listing oh, yeah. magazine. Uh, uh, so it was still hence, TV Times in your yeah. house. Yeah. Right, okay. It might have been TV Times in our house, to be honest. It might well have been. Or we might have had both. Both? We might have had. Yeah. You will have known Crying. there was a bit of duplication there. <laughs> <laughs> push, push the boat out. Exactly. exactly. You don't you worry get... about the money at Christmas. Did You, you go have the through? radio times and the TV times. Did you go through and look on Christmas Day in one and go, fuck me, it's the same on this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's on at three in both. I know. No, but I mean, TV times is a bit more low rent, isn't it? So well, well, I, got... well, yeah, I we had radio times. Yeah, well, you, I mean, that's quite, that's a little bit conservative. Is it? Yeah, it's a bit... oh. I think so, oh. in the 70s. Oh, dear. A bit cerebral, I think, in the 70s, oh. yeah. All oh, oh, right, okay, yeah. okay. So when did you two first get, when did a video recorder first enter the house? Mm. Blimey. Oof, that's hard. Uh, I think the first video I remember was Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which wasn't called a video. We just on top of the pops. It was shown every week, right? And uh, it was a film. I don't think it was a videotape. Well, no, I'm talking uh, about the box under your telly. Oh, I'm point, sorry. At what point I'm did sorry. they appear in the in the respect? Because I think the oh. big thing was the royal wedding, wasn't it? Everybody kind of got videos by the royal wedding. Yeah, because everybody seemed to be taping things at that point but obviously we definitely had one we definitely yeah. had one under the telly when when uh, i lived in doncaster yeah. my mum had one and uh, it was it it was absolutely hammered it got it was used relentlessly yeah and everything got taped over everything again and again and again which caused all sorts of argument yeah yeah same so, same you know, there was that's a, when the Radio Times took on new meaning, or the TV Times, because that's when you started marking the programs to record. Yeah, mm. yeah. But, and then trying so we, to decide whether they were worth recording over the ones you'd already got. Oh. You know, that was it. That was a tough one. You go, oh well, we can record. You know, it ain't half hot, mum. But uh, we're going to have to go over the generation game from last Saturday. <laughs> Ooh, that's tricky. <laughs> It caused some rows, didn't it? Oh, it did cause some rows, yeah. yeah. Where somebody wanted to watch the match and then, you know, somebody wanted to watch something something else. Uh, yeah, I remember the rows. Well, I've got the... sisters. I've, oh, got right. two, I've got two sisters, so you can imagine the carnage Yeah. in terms of what they'd want to see and what I'd want to see. And yeah. the football wasn't what they wanted to see. <laughs> no. no, no. I've just thought, actually, I think I might have to get in touch with with our Sue and get her to check some of these answers. I think she might, you know, she might have been one of the first people to ever coin the phrase match of the day, my arse, our Sue. <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're going TV times for the two of you. Right, okay. Right, go on then. The two Ronnies or Morecambe and Wise? <sighs> Definitely Morecambe and Wise in the Hogarth household. Yeah, Morecambe and Wise. Right. I think uh, to, to this day... When I think about the conversation they had, and Ernie said to Eric, 
who's your favourite comedian? And Eric said, Tony Bennett. And I remember falling off the chair. Just that. I fell off the chair. I was in, it, I thought it was hilarious. And, and of course then Ernie said, Tony Bennett's not a comedian. And Eric said, well, he makes me laugh. <laughs> and it was just, there was no props, you know what I mean? There was no, it was just, but just the, just the answer, Tony Bennett. I thought was the most hilarious, hysterical thing I'd ever heard. I was wetting myself. Still is. It is just, it's just magic. It's magic. Yeah. Morecambe and Wise. Morecambe and Wise. Morecambe and Wise. Right, okay. Unanimous on that. Um, yeah. Right. Christmas Day wasn't really Christmas Day with Eric and Ernie, was it? That's I mean, right. it, that was more important to me than the Queen. You know, yeah. I could miss the Queen's speech, but oh no, no, you if, couldn't miss you couldn't miss Morecambe Wise. No, my no. God, I mean that was one of the things that made Christmas magical. Yeah. Mm. Um, Roses or Quality Street? Mm. 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 I think we might have, you know, had 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 Quality Street quite a lot. And then on the occasional Christmas, I think I think roses got phased in, right? But it's hard to remember. That's, that's a tough one. They I've... were bigger tins then. There's no doubt they were yeah. huge, weren't they? They yeah. were like bass drums. That you know. I think. I mean, there's or people Fulton. probably of round about my age who still keep their tree baubles in old quality street yeah. tins. Yeah, de- think, decorations. Yeah, definitely. I think under the stairs still. I would probably go, probably go for roses. I think rather yeah. than call it. I think, but it's a, a tough call. That because Norman Vaughan. Norman before Vaughan. them, I seem roses to remember. Oh, yeah. These the ad. these milk tray boxes about the size of I don't know three or four carpet towels. They were huge, with, and they always had an oil painting on the front. Yeah, and you know. Yeah. Um, and then it suddenly became tins because they were they were massive. Yeah. And then suddenly we went tins. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, this one's really just for you, H. Baby sham or snowball? But you can. Oh <laughs> man, that's a no-brainer. Come on, come on. Oh dear. I'm. I think Chris might remember that when we made holidays in Eden, I was still on snowballs. Uh, I, we. I used to go down to the local pub. Um, in wherever it was, uh, Checkenden, wasn't it? Yeah. And and order snowballs just just to wind the locals up, just to see their faces. Mm. Um, and I I still do if I'm in a particularly rough pub, I'll always order a snowball just just for devilment. Well, I remember um, it's funny. I remember going to it wasn't the Stoke Row pub; it was the Checkenden. There was one. In, there was a closer one, wasn't there? Yeah, the one that was right around the corner. And when we, when we went in there and the snow was falling, I remember this. You said, uh, uh, you know, we're at the bar, what are you going to have? And you said, uh, a snowball. And I, I looked around at the rest of Marillion for, for signs of mirth. Nothing. <laughs> they were like, and it was like, oh, he really, you know, they're either in on the, on the gag or that he's just, uh, so I said, okay, snowball. But I sh- I felt sure you were taking the piss. No, I was in a I was in a proper phase at that point. Yeah, well, it was snowing proper. outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was having them in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, oh, I've, neither. I've, neither. Uh, no, I have had a snowball from time to time, but I've never had a baby shower. No. no. God, that's but, shocking. That shocks yeah. me, frankly. Yeah. Well, the, as I say, the part of Manchester I come from, if you, if a man asked for a baby sham, violence would ensue, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yes, it used to in Doncaster as well. Yeah, I can't imagine Doncaster being any different. No, it wasn't baby sham central, was it? <laughs> no, no. But the girls had them, you know. Mm. Mm. And it, in the 70s, it was either a baby sham or a cherry beet. Yeah. Ah. The cherry bee was the alternative, really, to the yeah. baby sham back yeah. then, and yeah. uh, you'd always have that that in the you know in in, in the house for Christmas. And Both for designed the, for to make ladies. you throw up in the back of a cab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We said we would mention backs of taxis again. Oh no, I'm yes, I'm sorry. I shouldn't go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just that two episodes are going to be cited in the court case now, not just one. Yes, Mr. Neil has a returned to the taxi. <laughs> did you? Well, have... I was—I had it written down that you two made me do it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. we did. We did. That's, that's going to stand up. Yeah. No, he was. You. Put, he was coerced. I, I'd say it was you. You pushed him. You, was, you pushed it him. It was out. entrapment. Oh, dear. Yeah, being ganged up. I I felt a bit uncomfortable at the way you were pushing him. <laughs> Oh, um, did you have did you have those baby sham glasses? We kind of like the old fashioned champagne glasses, but that had the little baby sham logo on. I know what you're talking about. Mm. They were on the adverts. Mm. No, I think we just aspired to those. Did you aspire to the baby sham glasses? <laughs> we never saved up enough. Yeah, we never so. had glasses. <laughs> <laughs> just the little bottles. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Yeah. laughs> and an ice cube in your mouth. We weren't pushed. <laughs> yeah, we weren't pushed it all around. By. I love. Um, uh, there was another Eric Morgan line about. Um, uh, he went to somebody's house and they were. Po- he knew they were posh because they had fruit on the sideboard and there was nobody ill. <laughs> it's ma- magic. <laughs> um, that made them posh. No, number five, um, the man with the golden gun or the spy who loved me. Oh, no contest. No contest. The, the man with the golden gun is one of the weakest Bond movies, I think, ever. The spy who loved me is much better. Much better. I can't remember either of them. Uh, well, I can remember the man with the golden gun because that was Christopher Lee, wasn't it? The little fella. Yes. Mr. Scaramanga. Yes. Um. And the funny little dwarfy guy was grinning all the time. Wasn't he, uh, Christopher Lee, uh, wasn't he the cousin of the writer? I'm blanking on his name. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming, thank you. Was he, he, was really? Ian, he was Ian Fleming's cousin, yeah. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bit of, uh, there you go. I've got, a bit of, I've got a bit of trivia. Did you know that Tony Blair now lives in what was John Gielgud's house? Just thought I'd throw that in. Oh, okay. Because Gilgood used to live out near us by the racket club. Mm. And uh, he passed away about a decade ago, I think. And Tony Blair's now got his house, which looks like a yeah. palace. So uh, John Gilgood must have been worth a bob or two, unless he bought yes. it cheap a long time ago. Um, 
dear boy. Can I, I just thought I'd throw that in. Oh, thanks for that. Very entertaining. Did, so I think I think for me it's um, Spy, Spy Love, Love Me. me. Yeah. yeah, which is the one with Jaws and um, what's her face, isn't it? Barbara Back. Barbara Back, yeah. The Welsh oh, Ringo's Mrs. Ringo's Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. It's, it's a far superior film, isn't it? I, I don't think, so. think I've seen it, you know. You've not one. seen The Spy Who Loved Me? I don't think I have. I right. think I went through a bit of a, a phase. What, and of, you had a TV missing... Times and a Radio Times and you still missed it? <laughs> I well, think I, I did. Even the song was better because the song... Oh, it's Carly yeah, Simon, it's isn't it? It was, it was Nobody Does It Better. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. But mm. what's the song from Golden, The Man With The Golden Gun? It was like, horrible. Um, yeah, it is actually. Uh, it's it, real stuck together. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, don't uh, I don't know who sang it. It's, it's, it's got that kind of Shirley Bassey-esque kind of yeah. thrown out thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, number six, stuffing or pigs in blankets? Well, does one have to make a choice? No, I just wondered if, because I didn't discover pigs in blankets until I was like, I don't know, mid-20s, I think. It just didn't happen in our house. I guess in the 70s. Were they kicking about back then? Yeah, I think, well... Yeah. There was little oh, sausage. There were sausages. I don't remember pigs in blankets till maybe much later uh, right. in the eighties or something. Um, but for me, it would be stuffing anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm yeah, stuffing. Yeah, my mum's stuffing was great. In, in which case, inside or outside? Ours was always uh, ours was always packed so sage and onion, just right. out of the cardboard out box. Out of the cardboard box. Was it purple? That cardboard box. I think it was like, with a big X on it. Or I'm up, did I dream that? I think that could be anything. Purple with a big X could be absolutely anything. <laughs> yeah. It's got, a, it's got a whiff of Doncaster Market about it. <laughs> oh, In the whiff of Doncaster. Inside or outside, then? For what? What? The stuffing? Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, stuffing balls you don't mean, outside. Did you or, eat it in the it, garden? No, well, um, well, you might have to this year. But, um... Ours was uh, always... Up the arse. Up the arse. Always. Um, I just can't, yeah, I can't remember. I've always had it outside, if you'll pardon the expression. Was it crispy? I've never been keen on up the arse. Um, (laughs) But um, it was, yeah, I liked it really well done. Right. Crispy. You could never really get it crispy if it was, you know. Inside. Internal. Yeah. Internal. Indeed. 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 Turkey's Jacksey for this episode. (laughs) <laughs> um, um, pillowcase or a stocking pillowcase I'm too old for pillowcase stocking I'm afraid stocking oh, oh yeah stocking yeah pillowcases was it was just too decadent for our house <laughs> yeah no that one that and too, was too expensive <laughs> yeah yeah pillow, no, no it was it was a stocking I'm afraid we were pillowcase actually maybe it was a South Yorkshire thing Maybe, maybe it was, but I think the presents ended up coming in, not necessarily being dearer, but coming in bigger boxes. And you never oh. have got, you never have got them in a stocking, would you? Small you things could... in bigger boxes. Is that what you're saying? Well, just you know, cheap things in bigger boxes. Cheap things in bigger boxes. <laughs> cheap. That's a t-shirt. Well, to complicate matters, my birthday's Christmas Eve, so. I didn't. I used to get one sensible uh, present that did both. Right. I never uh, got two. I never oh. got two presents. 
I've got a really good overcoat, you know what I mean, or something. Ooh. And when you're 13, it's like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. keep you warm in the winter. That's harsh. It's a really good gabardine. Yeah. What I'm going to do, Chris, Ooh. with your permission, is I'll oh set up God. a P.O. box and we'll, and people can send it. Because there's, there's a fair few Christmas and birthdays here that we've missed. So I think collectively we could all come together this year and send you, you know, 60 or so extra gifts. Pro- proper bloody Christmas, proper presents. Christmas you know the, presents. Or proper birthday the, presents. The weird thing, it's the worst day of the year to be born. If you were born on Christmas Day, everyone would say, oh, it's his birthday. It's Christmas Day. It's his birth- Christmas Eve. Everyone's in Tesco's. Yeah, they are. Doing the yeah. last minute, yeah, you know. It's, uh, uh, no one's got time, no. It's like it's... having a birthday on January the 2nd. That sucks as well. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah. So should I get a violin out and play it? No, I'm but I think bit... I think the first time we are actually allowed out proper, I think we should all bob round your place on Christmas Eve and have, <laughs> a, have a right good knees up. I think, I think Indeed. We need to, I think, you know. Fair play. It should be your um, day, that. I have made up for it, uh, uh, you know, in the past. Um, but to, uh, early years in Manchester, yeah. Um, I mean, at midnight mass, I was in the choir. So On your birthday. On my birthday, I was, I was working. I didn't get paid. Yeah. G- yeah. Gosh. Free gig. See, I, yeah. Shocking mm. that. Tried to charge them porterage, but they won't have it. Um. Yeah. Brazil. I was lost from the choir. I was in a choir with, uh, which was run by a guy called William Appleby, who did singing together for the BBC. And he lived in Doncaster, and he had a choir. And he used to go around the uh, primary primary schools, picking picking boys for the choir for his choir. Had sort of hand picking them, mm. and I ended up in his choir. And we used to go and uh, uh, rehearse. And at the end of each rehearsal, he'd get out a box of Terry's Old Gold and he'd pass it round and you'd, you'd get a chocolate. And then um, time passed and he stopped bringing the Terry's Old Gold. And I thought, fuck that, I never went again. <laughs> you, sure it wasn't, you sure it wasn't a Werther's original? <laughs> no, it was, it was Terry's Old Gold. And uh, I thought, well, stingy bugger. Yeah, I'm not, not going anymore. Not, exactly. I'm not. So I've always had a sort of pro attitude to my art, you know. If, if if there was nothing coming back in return, <laughs> you count me out, sunshine. If there was no royalties, <laughs> I'm not doing it for nothing. Yeah, excellent. I love it. Um, Brazils in chocolate, or chocolate covered Brazils, or sugared almonds. <laughs> Brazils for me. Brazils in. Oh, I always like nuts in chocolate. If you'll pardon the expression. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm back on the quality street because they were those shiny purple ones, weren't they? Um, the shiny with the yes, the big, the big purple one, the big yeah. purple one. Mm. If you pardon the expression yeah. again, with the twists at each end. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, you were doing that like a moustache. It was that for me, and the uh, and the noisette. I've never forgotten that word noisette. Uh, because that was a triangular one, wasn't it? In the in the gr- in the in light the green. green foil. I always thought that meant noisy. I couldn't. When you're looking at it, I thought not no, noisy. Yeah, I could never get my head around that. Noisette. 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 Right. Yeah. So whatever happens, good name for backing singers. The noisettes. <laughs> noisettes. Very good. Steve H and the noisettes. <laughs> 
Um, so sugared almonds is definitely a no. Oh no, I never liked no, them. They're always floating around there. What about what about the big bowl of nuts? This is this isn't this is not an either or. What big bowl of nuts with the nutcrackers? When did did, did were they still a thing? Did anybody yeah, that, in your family eat them? That was happening in our house, uh, and my dad used to crack the nuts did for it? everybody. So he used to sit there all bloody day at Christmas, moving from one impossible walnut to another. <laughs> Whilst everyone went, hurry up, hurry up, Dad, hurry up. Have you done that yet? And he'd be, he'd be sweating and cursing <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> then he'd give up and he'd go out in the garage and hit one with a hammer and come back. You'd get it in about 17 pieces. Yeah, it all seemed a bit like too much hard work. Do you remember the ones that were like a thumb screw? You just put the nut in and screwed and screwed no. and screwed until it cracked. Do you remember those? No. Uh, yeah, I remember them existing. We never had one, no. though. Uh, must be the Manchester bit, thing, yeah, kind of thumbscrew esque yeah. kind of. Yeah, it was. It's it was from the old police stations. <laughs> the Moss Side no, South Africa. No, in Manchester. <laughs> oh, all right. <clears throat> you know when they wanted to an extract a confession. Mm. <laughs> um, this one might go over your head, if not, and we can change it if need be. But scale electrics or TCR? Ooh. Do you remember Ooh. TCR? I do remember TCR only because I bought it from my uh, my little lad. Mm. Do they still exist? TCRs? No, they don't still exist. But obviously, the the big thing with TCR was you could overtake. Yeah, you could change lanes on a TCR, and it didn't fly off. It didn't did fly it, all off. the time. No, yeah. No. I mean, TCR for me, not that I was by then. I was a little bit old, older, mm. but older. I had a TCR. Fantastic. Oh, I had a scale yeah. electric. You had a scale electric. Yeah. Right. yeah. And before that, I had a tra- I had a train set as well when I was a bit younger. So did I. And I had the I had the Br- the Britannia. Which one was that? Um, I was that Brit, you know, four six two Pacific seven thousand. I think it was or seven seven and lots of zeros was the number on it. And that was a very cool thing. Mm. And Pullman carriages. Pullman carriages? Yeah. Because my old man did his apprenticeship in the plant works in Donny. And I think they built those there. And they built they built the Flying Scotsman there as well. Mm. Right. So, yeah. uh, and the all of the streamliners, you know, the, the Mallard and all of that lot. Yeah. Were all, I think they were all built in Donny. Um, and he did his apprenticeship there. And they used to have snowball fights with the uh, asbestos when they were oh. raking out the boilers. Shit. And nobody knew it was dangerous. And he oh. said some days you couldn't see across the factory for the uh, for the asbestos dust just hanging in the air like fog. Scary. Yeah. Really scary. And last one, Slade or Roy Wood? Oh. Only Christmas tune, though. Not not in general, just Christmas tune. Oh, for the Christmas tune. Yeah. It would have. Should I go first, Steve? Yeah, please do. It would have to be Roy Wood for me, only because uh, I was a bit of a fan of his, and I realised that it was tongue was firmly in cheek. He was really clever, Roy Wood. Really, well, he is. He really, really clever. When he was in the movie, he wrote all those songs. 
He wrote a song called Blackberry Way, which is a fantastic song. Absolutely and pouring down with rain, yeah. Absolutely. There's a day. What, what about uh, Boats on the Lake? Overgrowing, uh, but the trees are bare. There's a memory there. Yeah, yeah, lovely. He's a clever book. So all that, I wish it could be... That was him taking the piss, mm. really. Whereas Slade, it was their part of their mainstream career, I think. You know, I'm not knocking them. You know, they had a lot of success and they were great. And Noddy's a top man, by the way, if you ever meet him. He's a lovely, lovely guy. But for me... It would be. I met. I, I just. It was just a sh- sheer fluke. I met him for lunch, um, and this was some time. He'd gone very quiet. It was in the late eighties, I think, and there was a whole bunch of us. And I ended up sat next to him, and I said, uh, "What are you doing? Uh, you're gonna, you know, what are you doing with yourself? Have you got anything going?" He says, "Yeah, I've um, I've got a girl band going," and I thought, "Oh no." You know, this was before Girls Allowed, by the way. Uh, but even so, I thought four, four bimbos, you know, in a light. And he said, no, 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 there's 17 of them. Um, it, it's like a, it's like, a, he said, do you remember Ivy Benson? And I said, I don't remember <laughs> Ivy Benson, but I know. He said, no, it's an orchestra. I've got seven sax players. I've got, the, and that was Roy Wood. Yeah. You know, that that's how cool he was. And uh, I, I don't know what happened to it. He said, no, no, it's a band. It's a bit like Glenn Miller, but they're all girls. It hadn't been done since the 30s or the 40s or whatever with Ivy Benson. And I just thought, yeah, that's that's you. He, he's one of my heroes, actually. So it has to be, sorry, Andy, a roundabout way of saying it has to be Roy, Roy Wood. Wood. He started ELO, didn't he, with Jeff Lynne? He did. He didn't stay long, but... No, he... He gave up. He said, um, um, this is, um, this is, can I just uh, mention something here? It might be total sideline. Roy Wood said the Beatles made one record which created a band and it created the being of Electric Light Orchestra. John Lennon made I Am The Walrus. Right. And if you listen to the Electric Light Orchestra's first record... It's so nicked from Eye on the Walrus and the whole sound and the whole ambience of dried cellos and everything. Uh, the first record is, right. is a number, 4896. I can't remember what it's, Overture uh, the 10538 oh, Overture. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, that that's is, a great track. That's just like Walrus. It's just shades hmm. of the Walrus all over. And With Roy, all sliding. Exactly. It's all Walrus. So Roy said, you know, great. Him and Jeff, you know, were, didn't part on bad terms. And Roy left because he had other things to do. Probably this big girl band. Right. But that that one record created a career. Mm. I Am The Walrus created... Uh, I mean, mm. Jeff Lynne was obsessed with the Beatles anyway. But isn't that yeah. astonishing that John Lennon made a record that launched an, an, a, another band and another career? A huge band and a huge career. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I did a gig with Roy um, with the SAS band and we went to Gestad in Switzerland. Gestad. And and did a, a biker festival and about 12 people came to it and it was um, Roy Wood, uh, Tony Hadley, wow. um, Roger Chapman from Family. Yeah, Chapman. Uh, and me, Paul Young, and Paul Young from um, Sad Cafe, the Manchester Paul Young, 
Um, Mike and the Mechanics, Paul, yeah. That's right. Yes, you had something to do with them, didn't you? Uh, and, um, yeah, he was he was great value, actually. He was, he oh, was yeah. an absolute scream all day long. Yeah, but at one point I, I observed, I made some casual observation about some church bells that I could hear ringing in the street. And Roy would uh, Roy, Roy turned to me and he said, "What are you on?" And I thought, "Bloody hell!" <laughs> Roy Wood has just asked me what I'm on. That's that's serious. <laughs> and it's so so it, it's remained a little badge of honour at the back of my head ever since. Excellent, excellent. So all we're left with is Slade or Roy Wood for you then, H. Well, Roy's really lovely. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. But, but you, I think if you'd have asked me this a few years ago, I would have said I would have said Roy Wood without even a a pause. But more recently, I've been pondering on on that Slade Christmas song and how mental it is uh, melodically. And quarterly, you know, Tony does we go the way it does. Like you think that's not a pop song, you know. If I was writing that, I'd think this hasn't got a hope in hell, or it's too weird. Um, and the fact that it, it's been such a huge success and it's it's a, a Christmas classic, everybody puts to one side that it's such a peculiar piece of music. There's nothing straight about it. It's completely bonkers. Um, so I've kind of got a creeping respect for the fact that that is such a weird, especially the end of that they made a hook out of that. Um, I, I, I don't think a lot of people could have written such a song. I think it was Jim Lee, the bass player, who wrote most of their stuff. He was the kind of... He was the he was the musical brain, um, and so maybe I'll go with Slade just right. just to mix it up. And there we have it. That's your either your mm-hmm. either ors. That worked out quite well, actually. Yes, well, yes, that's so. That was all right. Should we have a little break? Are you going to read a little bit of Dylan Thomas age? Oh, I said I would. Yeah, you did. Yes, I'm going to have to lock myself in a room in Denmark and do that then. Yeah. Um, everybody keeps texting me and going, now you should relax. Well, you can't relax. Uh, and there's not much linking possibility of that, is there, yeah. at any point? Yeah. But I will. I'll, um, I'll lock myself in a room and I'll read A Child's Christmas in Wales. Right. Well, you, you... Because it's wonderful. And I've done it before and I, I've made a bit of a mess of it. And I think I could do it better now. Right. Okay. So that's coming in about... With the magic of podcasting, that's coming in about 12 seconds. <laughs> so I'll let you enjoy that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful writer, Dylan Thomas. I won't lie to you. One Christmas was so much like another in those years around the Sea Town corner. Now and out of all sound except the distant speaking of the voices I sometimes hear a moment before sleep, 
that I can never remember whether it snowed for six days and six nights when I was twelve, or whether it snowed for twelve days and twelve nights when I was six. All the Christmases roll down toward the two-tongued sea, like a cold and headlong moon bundling down the sky that was our street, and they stop at the rim of the ice edge to fish freezing waves, and I plunge my hands in the snow and bring out whatever I can find. In goes my hand into that wool-white, bell-tongued ball of holidays resting at the rim of the carol-singing sea, and out come Mrs. Prothero and the fireman. It was on the afternoon of the Christmas Eve, and I was in Mrs. Prothero's garden, waiting for cats with her son, Jim. It was snowing. It was always snowing at Christmas. December, in my memory, is white as Lapland, though there were no reindeers, but there were cats. Patient, cold and callous, our hands wrapped in socks, we waited to snowball the cats. Sleek and long as jaguars and horrible whiskered, spitting and snarling, they would slink and sidle over the white back garden walls, and the lynx-eyed hunters, Jim and I, fur-capped and moccasined trappers from Hudson Bay, off Mumbles Road, would hurl our deadly snowballs at the green of their eyes. The wise cats never appeared. We were so still, Eskimo-footed Arctic marksmen in the muffling silence of the eternal snows, eternal ever since Wednesday, that we never heard Mrs. Prothero's first cry from her igloo at the bottom of the garden. Or, if we heard it at all, it was to us like the far-off challenge of our enemy and prey, the neighbour's polar cat. But soon the voice grew louder. Fire! cried Mrs. Prothero, and she beat the dinner gong. And we ran down the garden with the snowballs in our arms toward the house, and smoke indeed was pouring out of the dining room, and the gong was bombolating, and Mrs. Prothero was announcing ruin like a town crier in Pompeii. This was better than all the cats in Wales standing on the wall in a row. We bounded into the house laden with snowballs and stopped at the open door of the smoke-filled room. Something was burning all right. Perhaps it was Mr. Prothero, who always slept there after midday dinner with a newspaper over his face. But he was standing in the middle of the room, saying, A fine Christmas! and smacking at the smoke with a slipper. Call the fire brigade! cried Mrs. Prothero as she beat the gong. There won't be there, said Mr. Prothero. It's Christmas. There was no fire to be seen, only clouds of smoke and Mr. Prothero standing in the middle of them, waving his slipper as though he were conducting. Do something, he said, and we threw all our snowballs into the smoke. I think we missed Mr. Prothero and ran out of the house to the telephone box. Let's call the police as well, Jim said, and the ambulance. And Ernie Jenkins, he likes fires. But we only called the fire brigade, and soon the fire engine came and three tall men in helmets brought a hose into the house, and Mr Prothero got out just in time before they turned it on. Nobody could have had a noisier Christmas Eve.
and when the firemen turned off the hose and were standing in the wet, smoky room, Jim's aunt, Miss Prothero, came downstairs and peered in at them. Jim and I waited, very quietly, to hear what she would say to them. She said the right thing always. She looked at the three tall firemen in their shining helmets, standing among the smoke and cinders and dissolving snowballs, and she said, Would you like anything to read? Years and years ago, when I was a boy, when there were wolves in Wales, and birds the colour of red flannel petticoats whisked past the harp-shaped hills, when we sang and wallowed all night and day in caves that smelt like Sunday afternoons in damp front farmhouse parlours, and we chased with the jawbones of deacons, the English and the bears, before the motor car, before the wheel, before the duchess-faced horse, when we rode the daft and happy hills bareback, it snowed and it snowed. But here a small boy says, It snowed last year too. I made a snowman and my brother knocked it down and I knocked my brother down and then we had tea. But that was not the same snow, I say. Our snow was not only shaken from whitewash buckets down the sky, it came shawling out of the ground and swam and drifted out of the arms and hands and bodies of the trees. Snow grew overnight on the roofs of the houses like a pure and grandfather moss, minutely ivied the walls and settled on the postman, opening the gate like a dumb, numb thunderstorm of white, torn Christmas cards. Were there postmen then, too? With sprinkling eyes and wind-cherried noses, on spread frozen feet they crunched up to the doors and mittened on them manfully. But all that the children could hear was a ringing of bells. You mean that the postman went rat-a-tat-tat and the doors rang? I mean that the bells the children could hear were inside them. I only hear thunder sometimes never bells. There were church bells too. Inside them? No, 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 in the bat black snow white belfries tugged by bishops and storks, and they rang their tidings over the bandaged town, over the frozen foam of the powder and ice cream hills, over the crackling sea. It seemed that all the churches boomed for joy under my window and the weathercocks crew for Christmas on our fence. Get back to the postmen. They were just ordinary postmen, fond of walking and dogs and Christmas and the snow. They knocked on the doors with blue knuckles. Ours has got a black knocker. And then they stood on the white welcome mat in the little drifted porches and huffed and puffed, making ghosts with their breath and jogged from foot to foot like small boys wanting to go out. And the presents? And then the presents, after the Christmas box. And the cold postman with a rose on his button nose tingled down the tea-tray-slithered run of the chilly, glinting hill. He went in his ice-bound boots like a man on fishmonger's slabs. He wagged his bag like a frozen camel's hump, dizzily turned the corner on one foot, and by God he was gone. Get back to the presents. 
There were the useful presents, engulfing mufflers of the old coach days and mittens made for giant sloths, zebra scarves of a substance like silky gum that could be tug award down to the galoshes, blinding tam-o'-shanters like patchwork tea cosies and bunny-suited busbies and balaclavas for victims of head-shrinking tribes. From ants, who always wore wool next to the skin, there were moustached and rasping vests that made you wonder why the ants had any skin left at all. And once I had a little crocheted nosebag from an ant, now alas no longer whinnying with us. And pictureless books in which small boys, though warned with quotations not to, would skate on Farmer Giles' pond, and did, and drowned. And books that told me everything about the wasp, Except why? Go on to the useless presents. Bags of moist and many-coloured jelly beans, and a folded bag, and a false nose, and a tram conductor's cap, and a machine that punched tickets and rang a bell. Never a catapult. Once, by mistake that no one could explain, a little hatchet, and a celluloid duck that made, when you pressed it, a most unduck-like sound a mewing moo that an ambitious cat might make who wished to be a cow, and a painting book in which I could make the grass, the trees, the sea and the animals, any colour I pleased. And still the dazzling sky-blue sheep are grazing in the red field under the rainbow-billed and pea-green birds. Hard-boiled, toffee, fudge and all sorts, crunches, cracknels, humbugs, glaciers, marzipan and butter Welsh for the Welsh, and troops of bright tin soldiers who, if they could not fight, could always run, and snakes and families and happy ladders, and easy hobby games for little engineers, complete with instructions, easy for Leonardo, and a whistle to make the dogs bark to wake up the old man next door to make him beat on the wall with his stick to shake our picture off the wall. And a packet of cigarettes, you put one in your mouth, and you stood at the corner of the street and you waited for hours, in vain, for an old lady to scold you for smoking a cigarette, and then with a smirk, you ate it. And then it was breakfast, under the balloons. Were there uncles, like in our house? There are always uncles at Christmas, the same uncles. And on Christmas morning, with dog-disturbing whistle and sugar fags, I would scour the swatched town for the news of the little world and find always a dead bird by the post office or by the white deserted swings. Perhaps a robin, all but one of his fires out. Men and women wading or scooping back from chapel with taproom noses and wind-bust cheeks, all albinos huddle their stiff, black, jarring feathers against the irreligious snow. Mistletoe hung from the gas brackets in all the front parlours. There was sherry and walnuts and bottled beer and crackers by the dessert spoons, and cats in their furabouts watched the fires, and the high-heaped fire spat, all ready for the chestnuts and the mulling pokers. Some few large men sat in the front parlours without their collars, uncles almost certainly, trying their new cigars, holding them out judiciously at arm's length, returning them to their mouths, coughing, 
then holding them out again as though waiting for the explosion. And some few small aunts, not wanted in the kitchen, nor anywhere else for that matter, sat on the very edge of their chairs, poised and brittle, afraid to break, like faded cups and saucers. Not many those mornings trod the piling streets, an old man always, fawn-bowlered, yellow-gloved, and at this time of year with spats of snow, would take his constitutional to the white bowling green and back, as he would take it wet or fire on Christmas Day or Doomsday. Sometimes two hale young men with big pipes blazing, no overcoats and wind-blown scarves, would trudge, unspeaking, down to the forlorn sea, to work up an appetite, to blow away the fumes, who knows, to walk into the waves until nothing of them was left but the two furling smoke clouds of their inextinguishable briars. Then I would be slap-dashing home, the gravy smell of the dinners of others, the bird smell, the brandy, the pudding and mince coiling up to my nostrils, when out of a snow-clogged side lane would come a boy the spit of myself, with a pink-tipped cigarette and the violet past of a black eye, cocky as a bullfinch, leering all to himself. I hated him on sight and sound, and would be about to put my dog whistle to my lips and blow him off the face of Christmas, when suddenly he, with a violet wink, put his whistle to his lips and blew so stridently, so high, so exquisitely loud, that gobbling faces, their cheeks bulged with goose, would press against their tinseled windows the whole length of the white echoing street. For dinner we had turkey and blazing pudding, and after dinner the uncles sat in front of the fire, loosened all buttons, put their large moist hands over their watch chains, groaned a little, and slept. Mothers, aunts and sisters scuttled to and fro bearing tureens. Auntie Bessie, who had already been frightened twice by a clockwork mouse, whimpered at the sideboard and had some elderberry wine. The dog was sick. Auntie Dozy had to have three aspirins, but Auntie Hannah, who liked port, stood in the middle of the snowbound backyard, singing like a big bosomed thrush. I would blow up balloons to see how big they would blow up to, and when they burst, which they all did, the uncles jumped and rumbled in the rich and heavy afternoon, the uncles breathing like dolphins and the snow descending. I would sit among festoons of Chinese lanterns and nibble dates and try to make a model man of war, following the instructions for little engineers and produce what might be mistaken for a sea-going tramcar. Or I would go out my bright new boots squeaking, into the white world onto the seaward hill to call on Jim and Dan and Jack and to pad through the still streets, leaving huge footprints on the hidden pavements. I bet people will think there's been hippos. What would you do if you saw a hippo coming down our street? I'd go like this. Bang! I'd throw him over the railings and roll him down the hill, and then I'd tickle him under the ear, and he'd wag his tail. What would you do if you saw two hippos? Iron-flanked and bellowing, he hippos clanked and battered through the scudding snow towards us as we passed Mr Daniel's house. 
Let's post Mr Daniel a snowball through his letterbox. Let's write things in the snow. Let's write, Mr Daniel looks like a spaniel all over his lawn. Or we walked to the white shore. Can the fishers see it snowing? The silent one-clouded heavens drifted on to the sea. Now we were snow-blind travellers, lost on the north hills, and vast dewlapped dogs, with flasks round their necks, ambled and shambled up to us, baying, Excelsior! We returned home through the poor streets, where only a few children fumbled with bare red fingers in the wheel-rotted snow, and cat-called after us, their voices fading away as we trudged uphill, into the cries of the dock birds and the hooting of ships out on the whirling bay. And then, at tea, the recovered uncles would be jolly, and the ice cake loomed in the centre of the table like a marble grave. Auntie Hannah laced her tea with rum, because it was only once a year. Bring out the tall tales now that we told by the fire as the gaslight bubbled like a diver. Ghost wooed like owls in the long nights when I dared not look over my shoulder. Animals lurked in the cubbyhole under the stairs and the gas meter ticked. And I remember that we went singing carols once when there wasn't the shaving of a moon to light the flying streets. At the end of a long road was a drive that led to a large house and we stumbled up the darkness of the drive that night, each one of us afraid each one holding a stone in his hand, in case, and all of us too brave to say a word. The wind through the trees made noises as of old and unpleasant and maybe web-footed men wheezing in caves. We reached the black bulk of the house. What shall we give them? Hark the herald. No, said Jack, good King Wenceslas. I'll count three. One? two, three, and we began to sing, our voices high and seemingly distant in the snow-felted darkness round the house that was occupied by nobody we knew. We stood close together near the dark door. Good King Wenceslas looked down on the feast of Stephen. And then a small, dry voice, like the voice of someone who has not spoken for a long time, joined our singing. A small, dry, eggshell voice from the other side of the door. A small, dry voice through the keyhole. And when we stopped running, we were outside our house. The front room was lovely. Balloons floated under the hot water bottle gulping gas. Everything was good again and shone over the town. Perhaps it was a ghost, Jim said. Perhaps it was trolls, Dan said, who was always reading. Let's go in and see if there's any jelly left, Jack said, and we did that. Always on Christmas night, there was music. An uncle played the fiddle, a cousin sang Cherry Ripe, and another uncle sang Drake's Drum. It was very warm in the little house. Auntie Hannah, who had got onto the parsnip wine, sang a song about bleeding hearts and death, and then another in which she said her heart was like a bird's nest. And then everybody laughed again, and then I went to bed, looking through my bedroom window 
out into the moonlight and the unending smoke-coloured snow. I could see the lights in the windows of all the other houses on our hill and hear the music rising from them up the long, steady, falling night. I turned the gas down. I got into bed. I said some words to the close and holy darkness. And then I slept. Happy Christmas, everybody. And we're back. Um, and we'll just finish off. And you were just you were just commenting on Christmas and bollocks, Chris. No, I, I just didn't realise the two went together until now. Is this whole uh, this whole evening has opened my eyes? I mean, I thought there were two separate entities. I'm reckoning by next year, Cadbury's will be making a chocolate variant. <laughs> Christmas bollocks. Yeah, I think so. like America and Russia. We've brought them together today for you everybody actually yes. that'd be great could you imagine the cabri's you know christmas bollocks the one in the purple wrapping would be left and the one in the crimson wrapping would be right want to be slightly lower than the other yes want to be slightly larger than the other <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear half of our audience are chuckling away now and the other <laughs> half are It'd be smaller in cold weather as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other half are scratching their head saying, these guys need help. They do, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We do need yeah. help. Um, yeah, have you got anything? What have you got planned? Is, I mean, I think we've all got a relatively quiet Christmas plan, but anything exciting you're looking forward to? Yeah, the, all the troops are on uh, Christmas Day. Um, my eldest boy was going to take, going to go skiing in France on Boxing Day. That's gone. That's, That's gone out the window um so it probably hang around um so it's just the gathering of the clans yeah uh and go oh, talking bollocks i mean we'll take it to a, a really Different astronomical level. level um and it's quite funny to hear the banter uh but we'll sit in front of the fire uh play some games and just general silliness uh it's just nice to you know that's it's as simple as that really it doesn't get any more complicated than that uh, new. I don't know anybody this year who's made plans for New Year. Everything's no, we've, closed. No, we've not, not made plans for New Year. No, nobody's. We're, made plans. we're going to Mark and Lisa's. Right. Good. Well, that... <laughs> in England, we'll 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 be home for New Year. Are you we're sure? Gonna... Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I'm not sure. No. <laughs> All being well, we'll be we'll be we'll be home, and we'll go to Mark and Lisa's, who live at the end of the terrace. Right. Um, well, they don't. They live in the big house near the end of the terrace. Um, so we're we're gonna go 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 and uh, meet up with them, with uh, Nick and James, the only gays in the village, um, who with whom we are firm friends. And and Miles and Andrea, you, my business partner. Your business partner. Um, I saw him again on Saturday. I hadn't seen him for a while. It was lovely to see him again. <laughs> he lent me his roof box when we drove <laughs> <laughs> when we drove to Denmark, and Lynetta went to the Westgate shopping centre in Oxford and hit it on the hit it and trashed <laughs> it on the over a barrier. So I've had to fit, I've had to cover it in gaffer tape. I only noticed. <laughs> 
just before we left for the Channel Tunnel to, to, to drive to Denmark. I look out of the bedroom window and I go, oh, my God, what have you done to the roof box? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's all broken. And there was this massive gash down the side of it and it was all bust. And she said, oh, I, I knew there was a big bang when I went in the Westgate yesterday. <laughs> so that would be it. <laughs> yes. I wonder what to- that bang was. I haven't told know? Miles yet. No, I forgot. I forgot to is tell he, him. I is spent... he hearing it now for the first time? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, I've oh, got to Merry tell Christmas, him. Merry Christmas, Miles. This this can't be how he hears it, can it? I that, think it's going to be a bit be. like the Phil Collins divorce. That's <laughs> it. Well, I'm going to have to phone him up and break the <laughs> break news. Break it to him. Um, it's like no, Matt Hancock. You have to wake edit, him up in the middle of the edit night. Edit this out for edit it out. For oh crazy. no, I think you've got to leave it in. Send him a text. Send yeah. him a text. Miles will be fine with it. Well. He'll be fine have, with it. I'll have to buy him a new one. You could, you could do yeah. the classic. Um, you could do the classic. Do you remember that root box you used to have? <laughs> <laughs> the one that wasn't broken. The one that was intact. That one. Oh, Miles, UOH, some gaffer tape. Oh, there we go. I, I, I muted myself, then I? got so you carried did. away. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> oh dear well look it's been an absolute pleasure uh, Chris yeah. uh, thank you well, very thank, much thanks for asking me back it's it's great fun as I say I, I, you know this is all new to me I don't do these things and uh, it's 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 great fun although to be honest unless all your uh, listeners are just eavesdroppers in general I can't I can't see it being entertaining other than us three <laughs> having a great time but yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, we, I don't we've know. never really worried about that. Yeah, to be honest, it's, yeah. this this thing has not been driven by whether people like it or not. Yeah, well, I yeah. suppose so that it, yeah. it started with a certain structure, and then yeah. after about six episodes, it started to wander a bit because we hadn't prepped properly, and then it started going down a lot better. Yeah, and so we've we've slowly realised that that. What they're after is is nothing much more than this. Yeah. Well, at, at least it's honest. I suppose it's, you know, it literally is like eavesdropping the two blokes in a pub. Yeah. Or well, three blokes in a pub. Somebody said that to me in Oxford on, on Saturday night. He, he said, I, I, I like the ones where you have made no effort whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to distinguish which ones they were. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not entirely uh, rewarding when somebody says that to you, though. <laughs> Yeah, I like the one where you didn't really try. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it just shows we're naturals. Yeah, so Natural indeed. Yeah, indeed. Oh, uh, well, one last, one last uh, thing before I go. San Miguel. Indeed. Yeah. Very wise. No, known around the world. Do you know where it's from? Malta. I thought it was Mexican. I thought it, I thought it was Spanish. Right. And no. It's not Mexican and it's not South American. Northampton. No. <laughs> Accrington. <laughs> no. No, it's um it's from the Philippines, which Is was it? Spanish. Yeah, it's named after Philip of Spain. Uh yeah, the Filipinos. So because they speak Spanish obviously, there was a colony. It's from the Philippines. Do there you have it. There you have it. That's free, by the way, that little gem. Yeah. That's free. No, that's, that's what, free. what a way to finish. That's going to go in a load of New, Year, New Year's quizzes, that. Yeah. I got it from a quiz. It was, it was yeah. in a pub quiz. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, listen, have a great Christmas yes. and enjoy you yourselves. Too. Have a fantastic Christmas.
And uh, stay stay safe, yeah? We'll Travel yes. safe and everything. And uh, well, maybe we'll pick up sometime in in next year or something. Oh, you've asked me again, Chris. Yeah, I'm, um, I'll be doing a well-disguised nothing for the first half of the year anyway, so uh, just give me a shout if you want to talk bollocks again. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the point where we think it's lagging a bit, so what, 88, <laughs> 89? Mm. <laughs> All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Yep, cheers. Always a privilege, always a privilege, Chris. Have take a great care. Christmas. And you, mate. Bye-bye. Well, it's just me and you now. Yeah. That was Chris Neal. I think he was a bit more relaxed than this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because well, I think the first one, as he said, was a bit of a foreign experience yeah. to him. And this yeah. one, he's sort of a bit more, oh, I know, what's, I know what's going on here. I don't know why it's going on, but I know what's going on. I think he, he probably felt in the first one, he turned up and felt a bit underprepared. And then he's turned up in this one feeling underprepared, but realising that's exactly how we need that's him. That's what we're after. Yeah. 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 So that worked The gold. On. The gold. Well, look, have a really great Christmas. Thank you, Anthony. I will. I'll just pop next door and uh, get me Dylan Thomas out, if you pardon the expression. <laughs> indeed. indeed. <laughs> well, don't, well, don't trip over your router on the way past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go and get you go and you go and pop your Dylan Thomas out. And... <laughs> it's only right and fitting we finish the year on that, isn't it? Really. <laughs> I think it's a good place to stop. <laughs> Blackberry way, absolutely pouring down with rain. It's a terrible day. Up with the luck, silly girl. I don't know what to say. She was running away, but now I'm standing on the corner. Lost in the things that I said What am I supposed to do now? Goodbye Blackberry Way I can't see you I don't need you Goodbye Blackberry Way Sure to want me back another day Flowers in the park Overgrowing but the trees are bare There's a memory there Thank you Joel For subscribing to the TCD Such a pleasure for me But now I'm standing on the corner Lost in the things that I said what am I supposed to do now? Goodbye, Blackberry Way. I can't see you. I don't need you. Goodbye, Blackberry Way. Sure to want me back another day. Happy Christmas, everybody. It's snowing in Denmark. Sorry for the shit sound of the piano. I recorded it on a microphone so you can hear me banging on it and breathing. Still, better than nothing. Roy Wood once said to me, What are you on? 
made me think Goodbye Blackberry Way I can't see you I don't need you Goodbye Blackberry Way Sure to want me back another day And a happy new year That's supposed to be Christmas bells. Haven't got any. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.